Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello there, friend. Michael Tanner here, your host. Welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I am so very grateful that you do that. It's an honor and a blessing to me that you spend it, you're spending time with me on these leadership topics. So thank you so much for doing that. I have a uh, what I consider to be a special episode for you today. I, I, I want to tell you uh, my private pile story. I use this story uh, in a lot of my keynote speeches and, and so forth. Uh, but I use this story for the purpose of teaching a lesson. And I'll, I'll get into what that lesson is here in uh, in just a moment. But before I do that, let me take care of a couple of quick housekeeping items. Uh, again, I want to make you aware of our leadership calculator. Be sure that you take advantage of this free tool that you can find on our website, credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. This is a survey. It's an assessment that will measure and calculate for you your leadership effectiveness, give you a score on your leadership effectiveness, but then it'll also give you a report on exactly what you can do to improve your leadership effectiveness based on your assessment, based on your score. It will give you a report on actions that you can take that will align with the four elements of our leadership equation, you can take those actions, come back to the assessment, and you will be able to see your leadership effectiveness uh, increase. So be sure you take advantage of that. Again, it's a free tool. Uh, it's a, and it's an attempt by us to answer the all-important question of how do you measure leadership effectiveness? So many individuals, so many teams and corporations really struggle with the concept of measuring leadership. And we've developed for you the credible, a credible leadership group. We've developed a, the leadership equation as well as the leadership uh, calculator. So be sure you take advantage of that free tool for the purpose of measuring your leadership effectiveness. Again, you can find that at credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. Now, let me talk about to you a little bit about my private pile story. Um, and first of all, I'll, I'll talk to you about or share with you the uh, the lesson that is being taught in this story. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard me uh, say things like, uh, you know, leadership is not about authority or title or position or rank. Uh, maybe you've heard me talk about that uh, leadership is not a destination. It's not a place that you arrive to, but rather it's this ever, you know, ongoing journey. Um, so you've probably heard me say something to that effect. And so I want to share this story with you, a really funny story. It's a true story um, that happened to me, uh, but it was a lesson that I learned back in the Marine Corps. And, and it's one of the earliest lessons that I learned as a young leader in the Marine Corps uh, about the fact that leadership is, it, it isn't a title. It isn't a position. It isn't a rank or, or it isn't uh, some element of authority. And I want to share that story with you to illustrate 
that simple fact. Um, and, and so let me let me kind of set the scene for you a little bit as to where we are in my military career and uh, and the events of this uh, this uh, story. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to let you know that I'm going to change the names of every person in this story. So uh, I'm going to go with Private Pyle and Colonel Carter. Now, if you recognize those names, uh, you are as old as me, maybe, and you recognize those names from uh, the sitcom back in the, gosh, I think it was in the 60s and early 70s, um, uh, Gomer Pyle. Uh, Gomer Pyle was in the Marine Corps. Uh, and uh, Private Pyle, he was one of those Marines that could could mess up anything. In the sitcom back in the days, um, he could mess up anything. The simplest of tasks that he were, was given, he could just mess those up, just destroy those. And he was always getting himself, uh, his fellow Marines, but also his, his leadership, Sergeant Carter. Uh, he was always getting him uh, in trouble as well. I didn't recognize it at the time, but after I was um, uh, in the Marine Corps, I recognized they always called him Sergeant Carter, but he was actually a gunnery sergeant. Uh, and that never would have flown uh, in the real Marine Corps. Uh, if someone is a gunnery sergeant, you call him gunny or you call him gunnery sergeant. You, you definitely don't call him sergeant, just simply sergeant. But we'll look aside for that for now. I'm going to change these two individuals' names uh, in my true story just because I don't have the uh, I don't have permission from them to use their their names. Uh, but I'm going to change their names to Private Pyle and Colonel Sarge, uh, or Colonel Carter, right? Uh, in alignment with uh, the old sitcom of the day. Okay. So let me. Let me kind of, again, kind of set the stage for where we are. So this is uh, back in 1995 and 1996, I was a part of the 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit that was deployed to the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, we were deployed on a um, an LHD, landing helo carrier, um, and uh, we were in the Mediterranean Sea for six months. Um, we, you know, stopped in various countries for training exercises and things like that. Uh, the U S military does this on a regular basis, especially with the Marines. Uh, they deploy them, uh, for six months at a time, uh, in, in different areas of the world, uh, so that they are in proximity of any kind of conflict. If, if something does arise. And so in late 1995 and early 1996, I was a part of this 26 Marine expeditionary unit that was deployed to the Mediterranean uh, uh, Sea, and we had been we'd spent you know a good year or so in what's called a workup or, or a training exercise for the purpose of getting ready for this deployment, and then you go on the, on the deployment. So the workup and the deployment is at least eighteen months long. Okay, now when you when you arrive back at your base, and in my case it was Camp Lejeune, uh, North Carolina. When you arrive back at camp after this deployment, there is typically a big shakeup in the organization. Um, you, in the corporate world today, you would call it a shakeup in, in, the, in the org uh, chart. Uh, and what is happening in that case is you have a lot of individuals within the battalion that has just uh, you know arrived home from deployment. You have a lot of individuals that are going to get assigned to a, a different or a new duty station. You have lots of individuals that over the course of that 18 months, they've gotten promoted or whatever. And so they're going to 
move on to a to a new or different billet, a, you know, a different job. Uh, you have other Marines that are actually getting out of the Marine Corps, right? So now that the um, deployment is over, um, they're going to exit, exit the Marine Corps rather quickly. And so because of that, you have a big, big shakeup in the organizational structure of a Marine battalion after they've uh, arrived home from, from this deployment. And of course, that happened to us. We arrived home in, um, in the spring of 1996, and there was a big shakeup. Lots of folks were leaving and, and so forth. And what this meant was there was a lot of people that, that remained that were getting promotions and so forth. And so as a part of that, I received a promotion to squad leader. Now, a squad leader is in charge of roughly 16 Marines. A, a Marine infantry platoon has four squads, and each squad then has four fire teams and those four fire each of those fire teams has four marines on it and so you're looking at roughly 16 or so um, uh, marines that a squad leader is in charge of now if you if you just view this in relationship to uh, marine corps rank i was not of the typical rank for being a squad leader i was an e4 or a corporal typically a squad leader is an e5 is a is a sergeant but I, you know, past performance and things like that, um, kind of convinced my leadership that I could be a squad leader. And so, as a part of all this shakeup after our deployment, I was to, uh, promoted to squad leader. Now I was moved to a different squad to lead the uh, the different squad that um, that uh, that I had been in previously. And in this new squad that I'm now in charge of, now responsible for, now have the title of squad leader for. I had an individual in that squad, and again, I'm going to call this individual Private Pile. Private Pile in my new squad, he was uh, very um, aligned with the sitcom actor. He could mess up anything, anything in the world. He could mess that up. And I had seen uh, over the last uh, couple of years, the previous couple of years, I, I had witnessed um, Private Pile um messing up various things in our training exercises and even while we we're out on deployment and and I had watched his squad leader at the time really really do everything that he could to punish to embarrass uh really just you know almost almost a harassment type of leadership of private pile and now I found myself leading this squad that includes Private Pile. And so where uh, this story now quickly goes is when we have this organizational shakeup in our battalion, one of the uh, positions that gets refilled, if you will, is the battalion commander. So we get a brand new battalion commander uh, in our battalion um, and this is probably very, very common. I didn't go through many transitions of new battalion commanders, but when a new battalion commander comes in, then they're typically one of the earliest things that they're going to want to do is they're going to want to inspect their entire battalion. They're going to want to inspect all the Marines, uh, all of our barracks, uh, equipment and things like that. Uh, and so we had this battalion commander's inspection scheduled and when you have one of these, you spend days 
getting prepared for this. You get, you're getting all of your uniforms squared away. You're getting them cleaned. You may need to get them altered. Uh, maybe you need to get, um, you know, new, uh, if you've been promoted since uh, you were coming in from deployment, you need to get new uh, rank insignia sewn onto your uniforms, ribbons. You know, you maybe you're, you're getting new ribbons and, and medals to put onto your uniform. All of your barracks, you're doing incredible cleaning and, and, and all your equipment, you're doing incredible cleaning. So you're going to spend days, even weeks, getting prepared for this uh, battalion commander's uh, inspection. And so me and my squad, I mean, we had, we had worked and worked and worked for days and days and days. And, and as a new squad leader, I was doing everything that I could to make sure that my squad was completely squared away. I was inspecting every minute detail that I possibly could of my Marines and their rooms and their equipment, uh, their barracks rooms and their equipment and so forth. Well, on the day of the inspection, um, it occurred to me that there was a detail of my Marines that I had overlooked. I haven't, I hadn't made sure that they were prepared for this. And so now this is just, you know, maybe a couple of hours or a few hours before the battalion commander is going to be inspecting my squad. And I realized that I had overlooked this minute detail in the Marine Corps uniform. We were being um, inspected in our, what are called our service alpha uniform. And a small detail of the service alpha uniform is that you have your military ID card in the left breast pocket of your shirt. And so I went by, you know, I went through my squad. I went over to my Marine, all of the Marines in my squad. And, and I made sure that everyone had their military ID card. Uh, many of them, you know, they just had it in their wallet and they had forgotten about it. So they, they got it out of their wallet and they put it in their shirt pocket and, and we're all good. Well, when you know that I day of the inspection, I get to private pile and I asked him where is his military ID card and that he needs to put it in his pocket. It's at this moment that private pile informs me that he has lost his military ID card. And so as he tells me this, then I start asking him questions. Well, when did you lose your military ID card? Uh, several months ago. He tells me, and I'm, and then I'm, you know, I, I'm starting to get angry and the reflections of uh, the, the memory of his previous squad leader trying to, um, to train him, right. Then I, I started getting angry with him. Uh, I start, uh, kind of berating him, you know, I'm, I'm making silly comments like, well, how do I even know that you're really a Marine? You don't have a military ID card. How do I even know that you're really a Marine? And I'm just kind of asking him these silly questions and, and of course, um, uh, using some colorful language and I'm raising my voice and I'm doing all the things that you should never do as a leader to basically kind of embarrass him, if you will, um, for the fact that he's lost his military ID card months ago and he hasn't taken it upon himself to go get a new one and, and so forth. And so what I did was uh, after berating him verbally for quite some time, I told him, I said, Private Powell, you're going to go outside, outside of his barracks room. In between the barracks, we had this big grassy area, and that's where we did our physical training, our PT in the morning and all that. So we had this nice grassy area between the barracks buildings. And uh, because we did our physical training there, uh, we kept that picked up rather well. 
And so when I told him, I, I said, Private Powell, you're going to go out the outside here and you're going to find a rock and you're going to bring that back in. Uh, and so he did. He left his, his barracks room. And again, because this was our physical training area and we kept it picked up very, very well, I was expecting him to only be able to find a small pebble. Well, no, Private Pyle comes back into his room with a, a rock about the size of a golf ball, right? Um, and when I noticed the size of the rock, I, I thought, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble here. But I, I felt like I was... I was too far gone here, right? I was too deep into this lesson that I was trying to teach Private Pile that I couldn't, I couldn't back away from it is what I felt at this time. So he, he came back into his barracks room with this rock about the size of a golf ball. And I said, okay, Private Pile, you're going to put that rock in your shirt pocket because that is your ID. You are a rock. Right. And I was just telling him this and I was embarrassing him with this. And true to the commands I was giving him, he put this rock roughly the size of a golf ball into his shirt pocket. And you could obviously see this rock sticking out of his shirt pocket and so forth. Um, and I told him, I said, when the battalion commander asks you, why do you have a rock in your pocket? You tell him that it's your ID card because you're a rock. Okay. So that was my plan was to berate and embarrass private pile in front of the new battalion commander, uh, in hopes of teaching him a lesson to be more responsible, uh, you know, about himself, his gear, his military ID card and so forth. Well, private pile was probably of the 16 or so Marines in my squad. Private pile was probably number eight, number 10 or so. Uh, Marine to be, um, to be inspected. And when your battalion commander is going through inspection of your squad, then the squad leader accompanies the battalion commander as well as some other individuals as well. But the squad leader accompanies the battalion commander through the inspection of their particular Marines and barracks and equipment and so forth. So I am, I'm going through this inspection with Colonel Carter. We're going to call him Colonel Carter. Carter. That's hard for me to say, putting, putting both of those together. He was a Lieutenant Colonel actually at the time, but we're going to call him Colonel Carter. So he's going through my Marines. And, and again, we get to private pile at probably, um, number eight, number 10, maybe or so about halfway or so through my squad. And I, I enter into private piles, uh, uh barracks room first. And I stand at attention and, Colonel Carter comes walking into Private Pyle's barracks room and he notices the rock in the shirt pocket immediately. Uh, he does not inspect the room at all. He walks up to Private Pyle and besides the rock in his pocket, he doesn't uh, look at or inspect uh, Private Pyle at all. Instead, he simply looked at Private Powell and said, Private, what is that in your shirt pocket? To which Private Powell responds with, it's a rock, sir. It's my ID card. And at that moment, I noticed that the colonel's language shifted a little bit. He, he walked in and he, he addressed him by rank. 
private. What is that rock or what is that in your pocket? Right. But after he told him, after Private Pyle told Colonel Carter the reason, especially that he had this rock in his pocket, the colonel's language shifted a bit and he said, son, why do you have a rock in your pocket? To which Private Pyle, notice he, he went from rank to son. Now, this is an older gentleman now uh, talking to a much younger Marine. Um, and, and so his language kind of shifted to son instead of rank. Uh, and, and I know it was because he was trying to be more relatable and relational with Private Pyle in that, in that moment. But Private Pyle told him, said, you know, well, I, I put the rock in my pocket because uh, I lost my military ID card months ago and I haven't replaced it. And so, th- you know, this, this is my ID. This is my identity or something. You know, he, he's, he explained it something to that effect. And so Colonel Carter then asked him, asked Private Pyle, who told you to put a rock in your pocket? And Private Pyle, appropriately so, said, Corporal Tanner told me to, sir. And it was at that moment that Colonel Carter, his inspection of my entire squad at that moment was completely over. Again, as I said, he didn't inspect any of the other part of Private Pyle's room. He didn't inspect any other part of Private Pyle in his uniform and equipment and so forth. But once Private Pyle told him told Colonel Carter that Corporal Tanner was the one that told him to put the rock in his pocket. Then Colonel Carter turned to me and he said two things. This is what he said. He said, you are either a hard ass or a dumb ass. And then he turned and walked out of the room and he, he skipped the entire rest of my squad. He didn't inspect anyone else in my squad. He just moved on to the next squad and, and continued on with his um, battalion inspection. And it was in that moment that I, I knew exactly which of those two Colonel Carter was calling me, right? Uh, hard ass would have been a, uh, that would have been a compliment in the Marine Corps. That means you're tough. That means you're hard charging, right? You're just, you're a go-getter. He wasn't calling me a hard ass. He was definitely calling me a dumbass. And it was in that moment that I recognized that th- this title of squad leader, it did not entitle me to berate Private Pile. It didn't entitle me to embarrass Private Pile. My my rank, I, I outranked Private Pile. It did not entitle me to treat him the way that I was treating him. And I I knew that that was the lesson that Colonel Carter was teaching me that, okay, you're a new squad leader. Well, you need to recognize that as a squad leader, you're being a dumbass. So really my title was dumbass in his eyes, not squad leader, but he was teaching me that now that I have this title of squad leader, that doesn't entitle me to do the things to quote lead the way I was leading with private pile. And I realized that in that moment, that leadership was not about my new title as squad leader. 
And I didn't notice it at the moment, or I didn't recognize it at the moment, but this is where I began to also learn that leadership is about relationship. You, If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard me talk about that. Leadership is about relationship. And I emphasize that to, with, with the example that Colonel, Colonel Carter gave, where initially he was very formal. He was addressing Private Powell by his rank and so forth. But then as he got into the story and as he wanted to ensure that he was getting good and accurate and honest and transparent, even vulnerable information from Private, private Powell, his language changed. And he called him son as opposed to private. And again, he was being relational in that moment. He wasn't holding over Private Pyle his authority or his rank or his title as battalion commander. Instead, he was leading with relationship, right? He was he was trying to be relatable. He was trying to have a relationship here with Private Pyle to the point that he could get open and transparent, even vulnerable information from Private Pyle. In that moment, again, as I was saying, it taught me that my leadership wasn't about my rank. It wasn't about my authority or, or my title. My leadership was all about my relationship. And I wish I could say that I, in that moment, I, I completely turned it around and I was a, a phenomenal leader from, from then on out. Um, but I, I have to say, I never really recovered my leadership relationship with private pile. Uh, one, I, I got out of the Marine Corps just a, a year or so later. Um, but throughout the course of being the squad leader, uh, for private pile, I never really recovered from that incident. I, I never was able to, to recover a relationship with him such that I would, I had willing influence over him. You know, in, in our title of def, def, uh, our definition of leadership, we talk about influencing others towards a shared goal and influencing uh, that word influencing has with it this idea of a willingness to follow. I don't believe that I ever got to the point with Private Pyle that he was willing to follow me. Uh, now, he did what I said to do simply because I outranked him and I was a squad leader and so forth. But I assure you that at best, I got half-hearted effort from him because of that. I was never able to recover from that and and build that relationship with him such that he would willingly follow me. Okay, And so the lesson I want to teach you here in this story and in this podcast episode is do not lead with your title. Do not lead with your position or your rank or your years of experience or your superior level of knowledge or any of those things. That is not leadership, okay? Leadership is about building relationships with your people, caring for them, knowing them, ensuring that they recognize that your motives for leadership are selfless and that you care about them and you want to see them as an individual, but you also want to see the team collectively win. And you're going to do everything you can to serve those team members. That is the way you lead. You do not lead with your title, your rank, your position, your authority, because at best, you're going to get a half-hearted effort from them. Uh, But you want to build relationships with them such that they are willing 
to follow you. That's what leadership is. So my call to action to you for, for this podcast episode is learn the lesson from me. Don't be a dumbass. Learn the lesson from me and from my experience. And instead of trying to lead with your title or your position or your rank or whatever, instead lead with good relationships with your team members, caring for them, serving them in a way that you will get a willingness to follow you and therefore you'll get maximum effort from them. So that's your, your call to action. That's your lesson to be learned in this podcast episode. I, I hope you've enjoyed my little story. Uh, yes, it is a true story. Um, yes, the names have been changed, uh, but it is one of the early lessons that I learned in the Marine Corps and the fact that leadership is not about title or position. And so I hope you'll learn from that. I hope that's helped you. I hope you've enjoyed the, the story. Uh, and I hope you'll take away from it this need to build these good relationships and lead your people that way rather than lead them with your title or your rank. Now, before I let you go, let me remind you again, Leadership Calculator, take advantage of that free tool. You'll find it on our website, credibleleaders.com forward slash calculator. Be sure you take advantage of that free tool. Measure your leadership. Get the report from that such that you can improve your leadership. I hope you'll take advantage of that. And until I speak with you again next week, we're leading into the Thanksgiving season. So until I speak to you again next week, be blessed and lead well. This episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended, but never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcasts and episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you like this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.